So a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Jason Hill, and I'm probably the newest graduate in the room. So I graduated in August. So if I just give it up, give it up for me. Give it up for me. <laughs> uh, I worked pretty hard in that degree. I got a communications degree with a minor in leadership, and uh, I'm done. So uh, praise be to God for that. Um, but I moved to Nacogdoches uh, two years ago, and the Lord said, this is the spot, Fredonia Hill. You're going to serve at Fredonia Hill. And I have seen God just do great things in this ministry and in my friends and in my own life and in my major and with 24-7. And that's the stuff that Kendall was talking about last week. If you remember, or if you were here, uh, or if you weren't here, I'll just remind or tell you what we talked about. Uh, Kendall said that the day of salvation is today. And it's, it might not be tomorrow, because tomorrow's not promised. The day of salvation is now, so do the work that is now. But in order to do the work, we must be submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's basically what we talked about last week. And uh, I just want to say that we cannot um, do the work that is needed, or do even remotely close to what the Lord wants us to do in our flesh. We cannot do it. In the New Testament, we read that um, those who are in the flesh cannot please the Lord. They cannot please the Lord. So in order for us to do something great, which is what Kendall was talking about last week, we must be submitted to the Holy Spirit and ready to do the work. We've got to have our, our hands on the reins, just ready to go. Um, but Kendall, in the video, uh, you know, he said that uh, I forget what he what the word he used, but he said, I, I guess he said I was a good teacher, but I'm not a good teacher, I don't think. Um, I've only spoken one time, and let me tell you how that went. Um, I was talking about simplicity, okay, and first time, this was like two months ago over the summer, there was like, you know, maybe 20 or 30 people in here, and I guarantee you my talk was like 15 minutes long, and uh, so I was talking to Kendall this week, and he said, try to make it 25, Try to make it 25. 15 was good, but let's go for 25. And so I was like timing myself, you know, and I was getting 22. And I was like, dang, what do I need to add? What do I need to add? So this is one of those things that I'm kind of adding. You know, I'm kind of talking about my talk. So, yeah, simplicity, baby, simplicity. Um, but, yeah, I'm from Carthage, and I love Jesus. Am I perfect? By no means. But, um uh, I want to be your friend if you're new. If you're new, I want to meet you. I want to be your friend. I met James. He's like the only new guy I've met. And Michael. I've met Michael, man. Hey, Michael. <laughs> um, but, hey, we're going to go to Judges 10. And this morning, I want to talk about the difference between confession and repentance. And in confession, we have acknowledgement of sin, and then we have admission of sin. So boom, I'm sinning. Oh man, okay, I sinned, I acknowledge that, I realize that, and then we admit that to God. Okay, so that's confession. But the difference between confession and repentance is this. Confession, or excuse me, repentance is admission of sin plus turning away from your sin and doing a 180 and turning towards the Lord, and doing exactly what He's telling us to do, and being obedient in that, being submitted to the Spirit. 
So confession is realization and admission, and repentance is realization, admission, and turn. 180. Boom. Towards the Lord. And I'm so thankful that the Lord gives us stories in the Old Testament that show us the difference between confession and repentance. We're going to read this story about how the Israelites confessed and the Lord heard their cry. But then they learn from that and they repent. And the Lord not only hears their cry, but delivers them out of what they're in. So let's get into it. We're going to start in verse 6. And it says, The people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve Him. Okay, so here we go. We have a sin right here. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life I've done this very same thing. I've chosen gods over the God of the universe. I've chosen those things. So here's the, here's the Israel's initial uh, sin against God. And so here is the Lord's response to that. And man, this is, this is one heck of a response. Verse 7, So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of the Philistines and into the hand of the Ammonites. So he says, hey, you're going to sin against me? You're going to choose things over me? Well, then I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to discipline you, and I'm going to teach you something through this. And we're going to read something that happens remarkable in the Israelite story. And it can be true for you today. I truly believe that. Uh, verse 8. And they crushed, they being the Philistines and the Ammonites, they crushed and oppressed the people of Israel that year. For 18 years they oppressed all the people of Israel who were beyond the Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. And the Ammonites crossed the Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that, they, so that Israel was severely distressed. Um, so here in verse 10 that we're about to read, we're about to read Israel's response to what the Lord decided to do to Israel. And here we go. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you. Boom, there's your confession right there. We have sinned. We, they acknowledged their sin and they brought it before the Lord. They admitted it. We have sinned against you because we have forsaken our God and has served the Baals. But then you read a period, or you see a period after that, and there's no, there's no turn. The 180, it's not there. It's non-existent. So we have just a confession right here. So what is the Lord's response to the confession? Well, verse 11 says, And the Lord said to the people of Israel, Did I not save you from the Egyptians? Oh, man. That's a big one just right there. And let me tell you, the Lord's about to go on this list of all these things that he has done for these people. But let's just talk about the Egyptians. Man, do you not remember the time that you were held captive? You were slaves in Egypt? 
and I raised this man up named Moses who could not speak very well. And I sent him on your behalf in front of Pharaoh. And I sent plague after plague after plague after plague. And you were brought out of that city or out of that nation to this huge sea. So you had this sea in front of you. And at your back, you had this army coming at you, and you had nowhere to go. But what did I do? I parted those waters, and you walked on dry land, and every single one of you went across unscathed. Do you not remember that? And yet you have chosen Baal and not chosen me. But the Lord's not done. He says, did I not save you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites? from the Ammonites and from the Philistines. And he keeps going. The, Sid- the Sidonians also and the Amalekites and the, Mo- the Maonites oppressed you and you cried out to me and I saved you out of their hand. So it looks like he's putting himself up against Baal, the so-called God. And it looks like on the scoreboard we have God, we can, call, we can count them as touchdowns, you know, God like 49 and Baal, zero. I'm kind of, I'm a football fan, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then, check this out, check this out. Verse 14, we see God's sarcasm right here. This is so awesome right here. He says, after he's listed all these things that he has done for Israel, he says, go and cry out to the gods whom you have chosen. Let them save you in the time of your distress. I mean, do you not feel the sarcasm in that? Do you not realize the things that I've done for you, Israel? Do you not realize those things? And yet you have chosen sin. You have chosen things that don't even exist. You've put your hope, your faith in these things. And what's it getting you? You're, you're living in discipline right now. You, you're held captive under the Philistines. Remember, I have 49 points. Baal has zero. And so Israel's response to what God has just told them is seen in verse 15. And the people of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. There's your confession. But luckily this time, there's a semicolon there and it's not a period. He says, or they, they say, we have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Do you see the change of heart there? They say, do to us whatever seems good to you. Man, they're saying, I'm submitted to you, God. I want you to have your way in our nation, in my family. Do whatever seems good to you. We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Only please deliver us this day. And here's the good one right here, verse 16. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord, and he became impatient over the misery of Israel. There's your repentance. They chose to serve the Lord. Remember, confession is realization and admission. But we just read um, realization admission, and then a complete turn. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I truly believe, you know, Kendall talked about uh, doing great things in the Lord uh, today, this semester, 
this year. Um, I truly, truly believe that the Lord wants to do great things in our city and on our campus. But those things cannot happen unless we are in our spirit and not in our flesh. And we are turned towards the Lord and not turned to our flesh and what our flesh can give us. Um, man, we seek, we seek so much satisfaction in things. Uh, I went to um, the uh, BSM tailgate for a little while yesterday. And, um, you know, if you read, if you read, uh, let's see, uh, it says uh, at the end of verse 6, and they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. When I went to the BSM tailgate, uh, I saw the Lord forsaken. Uh, not at the BSM uh, tailgate, <laughs> but they, they had set up, uh, set up shop, you know, in the middle of all these uh, tailgating uh, places where all these frats were and stuff, and we just walked down this uh, hallway pretty much. Uh, there's all these frats on this side and all these uh, sororities on this side, and um, man, I, you see the Lord forsaken in those places. You see uh, people choosing uh, not bail, but choosing drunkenness now, choosing uh, sexual immorality now. That is prevalent in our campus, y'all. Is prevalent, but I don't want to speak about them. I want to speak about us. What are we choosing? Are we choosing our own popularity? Are we possibly choosing sexual immorality? Are we choosing uh, my own pride over what the Lord has for me, guys? Those things only brings uh, temporary satisfaction, a day at most, maybe. And if we keep, what we do is we keep doing those things. And we try to keep working towards some kind of uh, eternal satisfaction that we can find in there. If I can just get um, so-and-so's appreciation for me, man, everything's going to be fine. Or if I can get um, so-and-so to think that I am just so spiritual in life, man, I'm going to be okay. Man, even that in and of itself is a corrupt thing, and we're chasing things of our flesh. I pray, I pray for our campus, I pray for us, because sometimes, quite honestly, we just forsake the Lord and we forget about Him. I want to bring one more thing to our attention, and in verse 8, uh, it says, they crushed and oppressed the people of Israel that year. And then check this out, it says, for 18 years they oppressed all the people of Israel who are beyond the Jordan. For 18 years that happened. It took them 18 years to come to confession, to realize that they were, that they were wrong, that Baal wasn't a real God. Whoop-de-doo. Man, 18 years, that's crazy to me. Um, but what I want to say is, what is it that you're dealing with that's going to take you 18 years to get through? What is it that is just deep down inside of you that you possibly might not even realize that might just take you 40 years to get out of? Guys, I'm telling you, today is the day of salvation. Like Kendall said last week, I don't want us to just walk out of these doors leaving something in this room that we could have taken care of today 
that we might not ever take care of or could take us 60 years to get over. 18 years is a long, long time for a nation to finally come to the realization that God is God and Baal is not God. That's a long, long time. And today, if you're sitting in your chair and you're dealing with pride, I don't want you to leave dealing with pride 18 years from now. When the Lord says that the day of salvation is now, he means seek him while he may be found. In Isaiah 55, we read that that is today. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on his name while he is near. Man, I don't want us to walk out of those doors just in 18 years of sin. I don't want that to happen to our, to our ministry, to you as an individual, because that affects families, that affects your classroom, it affects your walk, it affects your testimony. Today is a day of salvation. Um, and I want to say that if we, if we walk a life of repentance, you're going to sin. I'm going to sin today, probably. You know, I'm not perfect. But uh, if we walk a life of repentance, submitted to the Lord, great things will begin to happen. The Israelites walked through repentance here. And if you read in Judges 11, um, the Lord raises up this guy named Jephthah. That's right, his name is Jephthah. And through his leadership, the Lord delivers them out of the hands of the Philistines. And a great thing happens. Guys, if we walk in repentance in our lives, great things will happen on our campus, in our town, in your families. Things that you can't even explain. And if your name is Jephthah, man, you're a warrior. Oh, Lord. God, I thank you so much for being a God who is there for us. And God, I pray um, over this room that if we are sinning and we don't even know about it, God, I pray that you would make it known to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, God. God, we know that uh, only the Holy Spirit can bring us true conviction. So God, we pray that in this room. But God, we also realize that freedom is found in this room. It doesn't end there. Holy God, thank you for these things. Amen.